Hey guys, it's Jazz. Um, we're gonna name this Confronting Demons Part 2. It took me some time to record the second portion. Um, first off, I wanna say thanks to everybody that's listening. I'm no Beyonce, but I think it's really cool that a lot of people are um, really listening to my segments because my goal is just to reach someone and more importantly, I like to be able to vent. <laughs> I like to get some clarity because sometimes, sometimes I feel like I don't have any guidance. So um, it really helps to get along, get quiet, record yourself, and then play it back and take notes because hopefully by the time I play it back, I'm not as livid, I'm not as emotional, I'm not as unstable, so I'm able to dissect what it was that's troubling me. Sorry, y'all, I'm in the bathroom washing my hands. It's just water. I'm <laughs> just washing my hands. But um, I'm able to figure out what it is that's troubling me and, you know, just how I can do better. Like, I'm a work in progress. If you reaching out to me expecting a finished product, I'm going to let you know half my head not done. I'm still, people still working on me. God's still working on me. I'm still working on myself. What you see is what you get. Not saying that I'm not open to making a correction. I'm just saying this is where I'm at right now. I'm 25. What do you want? But um, um, I'm definitely moved to talk about the second portion. If you haven't already listened to, listened to Confronting Demons Part 1, I encourage you to listen to it because it is basically, this segment is going to be me piggybacking off of what I said in Part 1. So if you listen to Part 1, you know I've mentioned some of the things that, that have afflicted me, things I've battled personally, and how um, I feel like it's necessary that in this season, in 2020, you know, everyone's favorite year, that we really try to find ways to challenge those demons because I truly believe that's why we've been immobilized. That's why the pandemic is here. I think because that's just the enemy's way of restricting us once more. And the same breath, I also feel like that's God's way of showing us what exactly is restricting us and how and um, only we know because we're all case by case. Only you know your demons. Only I know mine. And God has a blueprint. We just have to get still to listen so we can figure out how we can like maneuver through it. Um, I think I didn't honor my commitment. I said I was going to start doing this on a daily basis. Yeah, but I got caught up. I got caught up. I'm not going to lie. I got caught up in some stuff, personal stuff, that are all related to me battling these demons. Like, um... I'm getting tired of talking about it, but, you know, when I think about this year, it's like this year is like the garbage disposal backing up and shooting out everything we had in there. <laughs> like, we keep we keep putting the blame on this year, but honestly, this stuff was already within us. It was already here. You know, we just got tempted, like, to the 10th degree, and now um, the real us is coming out, and we realizing that's, that stuff is ugly. And, you know, we don't know what to do with the ugliness because ain't no makeup for a demon. <laughs> ain't no makeup for calamity. So we don't know how to make the necessary modifications to dress ourselves back up, back up after we've been stripped down to it, nothing.
And um, right now, now that I have a better understanding of what's troubling me, without having that guidance, it's, it's, it's hard because I really grew up with no parents. Like I had my grandma, my grandma is my world, but I did not have a mom and I didn't have a dad. And that's no fault of my father's because he was deceased. So, I mean, you can't blame a deceased person. But when you grow up raising yourself, you know how hard people are on themselves when they had to raise themselves? Being your own mother, being your own father, being your own sister, being all you have is so exhausting and nobody talks about it. Like, there are things that happen in my life that I struggle with that sometimes I don't even seek counsel for because I'm thinking like, I've, I've engineered myself to believe that everything's on me. I have to do it all by myself. And, you know, that has caused setback as well because that pride has hindered me from getting the necessary assistance and um, blessings because I'm just so fixated on it being me, me being my own savior, me being my own Prince Charming and being Cinderella at the same time. Like they can't coexist. That's, you got to pick a side. And, you know, when you raise yourself, you're forced to be several roles like I've been an octopus since I was a child and honestly I would like to relinquish some of those duties and um not to get a little personal but that's my quest right now my quest is now we is gonna get personal it's not podcast shoot you don't like it don't listen but <laughs> to get personal to get personal I'm looking to release some of this workload I I am in a position now where I feel comfortable sharing that I'm exhausted. I need help. <laughs> and if you plan on being in my life, this is what comes with me right now. And, you know, um, that was a demon for a long time because I didn't want to admit that I needed help because I'm thinking if you need help, surely something's wrong with you because you're supposed to figure it out. But guess what? Guess why God has vessels. That's why God is God and God has appointed people that will come to your life to help you out because he knows. Like, you can't do it all by yourself. I was reading this article and it was talking about how, you know, Christians or believers have a tendency to um, rely on something called human strength. Let me see if I can pull it up without freezing the podcast. Hold on. I'm going to find an article. I keep it in my Google Drive. But he basically was talking about how humans and believers, they rely on something called supernatural strength or human strength, something like that, and how, you know, it's unrealistic because we don't hold the key to all the answers. So how could you possibly think there are no other resources outside of yourself? And I want to be the one to defend those people that think like that, not excuse, but defend that some of us raised ourselves. I know I did. And honestly, I'm tired. <laughs> Jazz needs help. And when I say help, I'm not talking about money. I got a job, okay? I'm all right. I'm, I'm not rich, but I'm all right. I'm talking about, when I say Jazz need help, Jazz needs a mom. <laughs> Jazz needs a mentor. Jazz needs help. Because Jazz needs one person. She's a mom. You know, she's, she's trying to branch out on her own. She's trying to be self-sufficient, like, and be a mom, be a professional, be all these things. And 
nurture myself, it's like, oh my God, like, I'm not an octopus. I need people to fill those roles in my life. Like, maybe I don't feel like being the best friend you call on or the the person you call on when you're dealing with something. Maybe I need a moment to melt down. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't make me weak. I'm not weak. I'm not someone that needs a constant shoulder to cry on. I'm just a human. You know? And I'm looking for some human-like help <laughs> right about now. So, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, now that we know, I mean, you know, just a quick question. How many of you know what it is that's troubling you? And I'm curious if you could tell me what exactly, what, what, what steps have you taken to, like, combat that? I know for me, like I said, me, I'm learning to kind of speak out into the world what it is I want. And right now what I want, I want reciprocity. I want people that are willing to match the energy I bring to the table. If you can't do that, I kind of don't want to talk because, no, I ain't no kind of, I don't, because I need that back. <laughs> it's like loaning somebody your, remember when you used to loan CDs? Get my CD back after you burn it on your computer. That's how I feel with my energy and my space. I'm giving you some, I want that back. Like, <laughs> if you can't do it, I, don't, I just don't see what it, where, where are we going with this. Like, this doesn't make sense because... I know what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding who I am. And I think what I require, I can give back. Um, I uh, Today, before I came into work, I wasn't feeling the best because I was thinking about, you know, just some personal triumphs I had this year, but still kind of made me upset. Like, the fact that you know, just like I said, just digesting that I had to raise myself. Oh, my God. Like, you know, if it weren't for the, oh, I found it, the little article I was telling you about where it mentions, like, required, you know, uh, um, trying to rely on human strength. It was basically saying, is that it? Where is it at? Okay. Yes, so remember earlier in the segment, I was talking about how we rely on human strength to get us through sometimes overcompensating, overdoing things. So it's this, uh, what is this? A must read, and it says, there's a list of spirits we have come across based on actual deliverances. It is not exhaustive and... We'll add to the list over time. It's not meant to be a one-on-one of demonology because freedom and deliverance come from focusing on Jesus Christ. So I guess it's like a list to help people identify things that may have attached itself to us that are hindering us in some way. And this one, this section, is it says anxiety. And it says panic attacks, making vows, or promises to people using human strength. That is something I'm guilty of. And typically when I overload myself with promises, I tend to not deliver and I end up wearing myself out. So next to that description, it says new age, um, basically saying it's a new age practice that pretty much has a stricken with the grief of trying to be everything to everybody. And, you know, I can't, I couldn't agree more. Like that is something I've, 
been guilty of because I've had to raise myself and talk about like do my own hair. My mother wouldn't do my hair, so I had to learn how to slick my own ponytail down. And then by the age of 10, I was able to successfully do hair, do my siblings' hair, which, looking back, I mean, it kind of helped out because it made me a little more responsible at an early age. But right now in my life, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm resenting that I had to help out to that magnitude at an early age because I never had a childhood. Does that make sense? Or does that sound like I'm playing victim? Let me know because people tend to use the victim word around on people that are just actually just expressing their experience. I'm, I'm, I'm about sick of that because I'm starting to think that's gaslighting. And as a matter of fact, it is. It's gaslighting. Somebody is giving you an account on their personal struggles. Why would you deduce it to it being victimization? Victimization is, oh, I'm dealing with something, I'm stuck, and I'm, you didn't hear me say that now one time. You didn't hear me say that one time. You're hearing me say that there has been circumstances that have happened in the past. They plagued me. I'm acknowledging it, and here's my journey through it. You know, here I am going through that. Um, and like I said, raising yourself, never having a childhood, oh, my God, like you, you 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 are constantly self-conscious about how you show up in the world. I am always self-conscious about how I show up in the world. And when I say how, I'm not talking about appearance. I'm not cloaked in insecurity or nothing like that. It's more so being cloaked in uncertainty. You got to be a big girl and you're 10. And now I'm 25 years old and I feel 35. And I'm only 25. Like... It makes me not trust myself sometimes, like, oh my God, in a year's time, will I abandon my kids? Like, like and, and, and not to say I would, it just makes you wonder, like, will that youthfulness rear its ugly head at some point and cause me to regress? Because it has. Um, the way it shows up in my life is through depression. And like I mentioned, when I get depressed, I tend to... Um, stay in the bed I can't get out the bed like um I've had to be um I've had to have people feed me before and you know help me get in the bath because I was that deeply depressed and um I didn't I felt so bad but I couldn't do anything about it because I was overloaded I've been doing so much since I was a young kid and every time I tried to speak out against it I was always told you know, that's just your portion. You have to help, you know. And, you know, I, I, I believe that. I do believe young people should help their parents out. But the, the extent of how I was helping out as a child, it was, it was pretty intense having to get four. What is it? So it's, it's me and I have three other sisters. This is before my little brother came in the picture. But... I'm having to get my mom's clothes together, clean the house up, help my siblings with their homework, get their clothes ready, do my homework, get my stuff together the night before, and then in the morning walk all of them to school, help my mom out because for some reason she didn't want to get herself together at night. So I'm I'm like I'm like dad. I'm like I'm like a single not a single dad, but I'm like the father. And then not only do you have to do that, but I'm the oldest sibling, so. I'm the disciplinarian, okay, and I'm the protector. 
I remember one year, it seemed like every time I turned around, I was having to come down my sister's class, beat somebody up for messing with my sister. <laughs> I remember this fight I got into. <laughs> uh, my little sister, who was, I was walking them home from school one time, and I think Maya, she was a kid, she was pouring out glue. And I don't know if it was the wind or what, but the glue got on the boy's clothes, and he jumped in Maya's face. All I know is I threw the boy down the hill. Friggin' cops got called. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just the work you have to do when you're the oldest sibling to a single parent that is a young single parent on top of that. It's work. Like, you become that parent. And honestly, it's... it's does it build character? Absolutely. Do you grow? Absolutely. Are you responsible? Absolutely. Do you get burned out? Yes. I am burned out. Okay? Um, I hated that I had to be a parent before I had to be a parent. Because I feel like sometimes I'm not able to fully give my children that experience that a new mom should give to their her children because I have already had to help my my mom with her children and granted those are my siblings but I mean <laughs> where mm, Lord I had to catch myself but no I'm gonna say where are they fathers <laughs> like real like, like real talk like where are they fathers because I you know I understand sometimes men or women sometimes leave another gender to have to raise the children but that's that person's responsibility not the child's and I think that's where we go wrong we put the responsibility on our kids for how we lack and it's not right and I'm 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 I'm, te I'm a testament and I'm proof and I'm walking evidence of what can happen when a child is forced to grow before they're ready and just never having that de developmental stage where you can just test the waters. You know, I'm not, I'm not referencing like having fun and partying. Like, forget that. I'm saying like that learning curve where your parent is there to like maybe advise you on what to do, what not to do. I did not get that. It was always Jasmine, be on it, be on it because you're the oldest and you have to help out. I was never looked at like a child. And never. And it's like, oh my God, like, that is such a vital time. I, I needed that period. I needed that safety net period. So that way I can be a little more balanced. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Like, let me know if you are the um, scapegoat of the family. But it just so happens that you have had to bear everyone on your back let me know if that's you and your experience and how you feel today are you still feeling away are you grieving the lack of childhood like are you grieving the fact that you never got to have that let me know what you think because um i think that's the root of my grievance that's that's the root of it just just constantly having to be a big girl like I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever, <laughs> I was saying to God tonight, I said, God, I did not want this like this, but I understand he had me go through the ringer because there's someone else out here that's going through it and they probably need to hear my testimony. So that's comforting, but, um, 
makes me sad sometimes because what happens is if the child is not able to hearken to God and um, really take the lesson for what it is, that child will be very disgruntled. And you, we all know what happens when you're black and, you know, people deem you as being disgruntled. You tend to get, your experience gets discounted. It gets totally overlooked. And honestly, I'm about tired of people doing that to people. I'm tired of people doing it to me. You know, you still have something something to offer, even in spite of your shortcomings and your past. And um, once again, I'm going to keep talking about the importance of being transparent, even if your story ugly. Like, my story ugly, like, you got some people that probably think, you know, I'm crazy, and I am. <laughs> you got some people that think, you know, all kind of things about me. And until you've given me that chance to express and, you know, maybe talk, I don't think your opinion means anything because what I'm no longer doing is discounting my situation to appease another person. I did that for um, half of my life and honestly, it set me on fire. It drove me insane. And it wasn't until then, like I say it before, like I say in almost all of my segments, self-examination, um, when it's induced by God, is the best thing ever because you start to see, like, what makes you you and where it comes from. Like, I didn't just get here riding the crazy horse, like something had to happen. And without acknowledging what has happened, there's no really... There's not really map as to where I can go. I need to know what happens so I can avoid the mistake. That's how you combat the demons. That's how you combat the generational curse. So, like, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I'm just saying, like, life is so... It's, it's really what you make it, and... You got to live it the way you know how and you have to constantly have like a little notebook or like mental space, you know, that's able to, to um, download lessons that we receive on a daily basis. Like all circumstances and situations that come, they're learned, they're, they're, those are the learning curves. That's the learning curve of always um, desired. But, you know, when you're a child, you just, you get that learning curve with like a simple pat on your butt and it kind of braces you for the hardships to come. When you don't ever get that, you don't know how to deal with dilemmas. Like for example, tonight, um, just got a new opportunity. I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm in school right now. So it is very helpful to work overnight. It has been a blessing. Like I love it. Because I'm transitioning out of the industry that I'm in now. I've been in it for the last eight years. So I'm ready to just do what I, my heart really desires. And that's to be an end-of-life nurse. Um, end-of-life care specialist, if you're familiar with it. I'll talk about it in another segment. But um, I got to work. Before I came to work, I had a meltdown. Because I was just overwhelmed. What was I overwhelmed with? Um, the children, the duties, like... I'm, I'm a mom, I, you know, I take care of the home, I work, 
I go to school, I have a business, I like to be consistent on my podcast, I'm working on another book, I like to write poetry, which is content from my book, like to still be available to loved ones, like I'm swamped, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm really swamped, but I, you know, I play along, I try to just count it as blessings and then, you know, every now and then I get super overwhelmed, but you know, I get to work, and as soon as I get through the door, oh my God, something pops off where the alarm system is triggered. And I'm like, well, eight years experience, I don't seen it all. So I took it in stride. I'm like, oh, well, it's a situation. So I'm, 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 you know, again, my problems are irrelevant. I need to solve what's in front of me. <sighs> the residents were amazing. I mean, Given the fact that this is Georgetown, D.C., and it's a lot of privileged people here, these people were amazing. However, the fire technician was, like, super rude. He was um, definitely a bully, trying to challenge me, disrespectful. And I'm sitting there like, you don't know you're talking to a certified crazy. Two, you don't know I want to cuss you out. Three, how is this about you? Like, aren't you a fire technician? Isn't your job to come out once you're dispatched? I don't care if you call five more times tonight. Get your ass out here and do what you need to do. So he's like, uh, y'all need to have this in mind. Every time I come here, it's a new person. I said, sir, let me ask you this. You are a fire technician, right? I said, so anytime there's um, even thought that there's a fight. You got to come out, right? I said, all right then. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You still have to report. I didn't want to come in tonight, but I'm here and I'm, and I'm dedicated and I'm devoted and I'm doing what I'm asked to do. What is you saying right now? So he walks off and, you know, he mad. Listen, be mad. Have mad day. Dogs get mad. But the reality is life goes on. You got to take everything in stride. The old me, like old demons, wanted to like really show off and just entertain him and act up. Now, granted, I did not entertain it, but geez Louise, it was hard trying to fight that old desire to just, you know, prove the person wrong and act up and all that. Like it was, it was a lot, but I got through it. And it was just a constant reminder that, you know, all this hard work, all these triumphs and these tribulations, they're going to pay off. It's just that the process is going to be ugly. And that's why we have to be cognizant the entire time. Like, we got to be super vigilant because it's everyday progress. Like, I have a journal, you know, where I, I jot down my thoughts and I come back to it. And figure out what the lesson in it was and um, how I can apply it to those weak areas of my life so I can do something different. I'm tired of being my own blessing blocker because I won't face these demons that I have the victory to face in the first place. Um, I'm going to wrap that up because I have to get back to the desk. But um, let me know what your thoughts are. How was your week or your last two weeks? Like, um, have you been faced with anything? Like, what, what, what has been your game plan? Um, thank y'all for listening.